0: Everyone, Tim Wright here, along with Dr. Michael Gurian, and we are excited to be back with you for another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, A Brain Science Approach to Parenting. And uh, we've got a really good question. We always have good questions. You ask great questions. This is another really good one that we're going to tackle today. And uh, before we do that, I want to remind you that we have a website wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. And on that website, uh, you'll find several links. There'll be links to our sponsors. We'll tell you about them in a moment. There's also a place for you to send us questions. So if you've got a question you'd like us to address, we encourage you to send that to us. Another place where you can address questions to us and to a larger group of people is our Facebook group. And we have a Wonder of Parenting Facebook group. It's a private group. So all you need to do is just do the search on Facebook, Wonder of Parenting, and you'll find us Hit join, and then I will let you in. And uh, every day we're letting folks in. And it's a good group of people. And, and what I love about it is you can ask your questions. You don't have to wait for us to get to a podcast to do it. People, our parents are jumping in all the time, offering really good advice. And uh, every once in a while, I'll go through that and pick a question or two that uh, I think uh, you would all find intriguing. So that's on Facebook and uh, on our wonderofparenting.com parenting.com. Page, you will find links to uh, our two sponsors. Michael, the Ford School is one of our sponsors, our newer sponsor.
1: Yep, yeah. The Ford School for uh, it's a residential treatment for boys fourteen to seventeen who are having issues, could be um, from depression to anxiety to significant school issues, um, and it's uh, six to twelve weeks. So, uh, I'm sorry, six to eight weeks. Um, so say two months of residential treatment, great staff, great environment, adventure therapy, 55 acres, a river, you know, I mean, it's just really a wonderful place and wonderful staff. So if any, if you know anyone uh, who has a son in that age group, 14 to 17, having issues, go to wonderaparenting.com and click the Ford School and check them out.
0: You'll also find our other sponsor on there. That's Dr. Greg Jantz and the Center of Place of Hope up in the Seattle area. Uh, I say this all the time, but Greg has written, many, many really good books on various issues that you might be dealing with in your own life or in the life of your family. Uh, issues like anxiety, depression, uh, eating disorders, and so on. They also have a clinic that can help you with those things. So if you ever feel like you need them or someone you love needs them, uh, you can find their website on ours. Just go to wonderparenting.com and uh, scroll down a bit and you'll find a, the center of place of hope. Uh, today's topic is the daughter who invaded her parents' privacy. Mm. And some of you are thinking one thing, but that's not the privacy we're talking about. <laughs> um, this is a different kind of privacy. So here's the question, and uh, there's a lot of stuff in here. Uh, my husband and I are expecting our fifth child. Uh, how you get privacy to do that with that many kids? That's the big <laughs> question, right? Bravo. <laughs> uh, yeah. For the first time, my husband and I found out the gender of the baby and have kept it a secret from all four of my children family and friends hoping to surprise them when our baby was born my 10 year old daughter was curious to know the gender of my baby due in a few weeks using her own ipad device she logged on to my amazon account with the help of her friends and looked through my order history to find any clues she discovered the gender and after a lot of interrogation we found out she shared it with her friends who then shared it with their parents and eventually my family Big picture, in a few days it's going to be revealed anyways. Bigger picture, my daughter invaded our privacy and shared it with others. She has a personal device as this COVID school year demanded that she did and we were strict and we were as strict as we could be during the school year with screen time and devices in the room. But now that it's summer, we allowed her to have more screen time and freedom. We explained to her that the invasion of privacy shows that she is not responsible with her devices and we took it away. How long is an appropriate amount of time for us to take it away? What guidelines can be put in place when she gets it back? I told my husband that there is a larger issue of being sneaky and lying about it. Is it normal 10 year old behavior? Should we be concerned about her friend who aided her in her search? Wow, lots Mm -hmm. of good questions there, Michael. All right, first thoughts that come to mind.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. well, uh, my overall, I'm going to make some specific thoughts, but the overall concept here is going to be the difference between an isolated incident and a pattern um, because that's going to answer a lot of the questions asked by this mom. Um, if this is an isolated incident, then I would see it as yeah, well within the range of normal. You know, uh, uh, she's curious. She's bonding with her friends. They're feeling tech, you know, tech savvy. They want to use the tech to figure things out. It's a little bit high risk because she knows it's wrong. So it's kind of early adolescent or tween high risk behavior, um, but not outside the range of of normal developmentally. And um, uh, it gives her a certain amount of control, you know, because she herself is having feelings about this baby and and her birth order would be very interesting. Is she the eldest? Um, You know, or or where does she fit in birth order? Uh, So I would say that it is within the, well within the range of normal for a 10 year old especially if she has access to devices, that she would use them to do this. Okay, and I'll finish that in terms of the grounding. They asked the question. um, You know, I could see one week of of, uh, taking the device away, primarily because, not because the child did something that hurt anyone per se, but because the child um, pushed too hard against the authority of the parents. The parents have to hold their authority they made this rule um, their reasoning was good and the child uh, said no to that authority and the child went further and um, uh, was sneaky and then lied right numerous times they asked the child about it the child lied so um, uh, so yeah that 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 requires to uh, something inside the discipline system so I think I think a week to two weeks now the parents are gonna know best on that Um, Uh, is solid for keeping the devices away for making sure you know and a real grounding like no you can't go see your friends for a week no your friends can't come over you know pretty something that really invades the life of this daughter so that she has that time to think okay not appropriate can't be sneaky like this uh, etc so that's that but if it's a pattern That I would worry if it's a pattern. Not going to worry much if it's an isolated incident. But if this is a pattern, and for the last year, let's say, this uh, girl, so when she was nine, she was already starting to do this, where she's sneaking behind the parents, where she's lying to the parents uh, on other issues, on other things. Then that's a pattern, and that, I think, would need more discussion and dialogue. So that's my initial thoughts.
0: What kind of conversation do you have with your daughter uh, that's not just about discipline and authority but about the heart w- why this really mattered how how do you talk to your children uh in some ways this is a 10-year-old girl you've got an adult issue in some ways here i mean these parents have their privacy a right to privacy how do you talk about those things with a 10-year-old i,
1: I think the right to privacy is a really good way in um this is this is our this is our child and we we came together you know as a loving couple and we have created this child or co-created this child with god you know or however that fits with their language and and we wanted to protect that so that we could have this experience this experience we wanted this experience of the heart as you've said and we made that clear you know and you didn't honor that and so you're just not—you did not honor our our heart, our soul, what we were looking for and what we needed. And you not only did you not honor it, but you didn't really do anything that helped you or that you needed. It isn't as if we are abusive parents to you, you know. It it, it there was no harm in you waiting like everyone else was going to wait. There's no harm in it. So there's so um, that that hurt us. And here's how it hurt us. And and it's partly because of that hurt that this enters our discipline system. You you should not have hurt us that way. Um, I think a ten year old can understand that.
2: This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy.
0: Sick of being upsold at gyms? these these rituals for lack of a better word for um <clears throat> discipline uh take away the device have conversations are there some rituals that should be on the other end then once the discipline is over how do you segue back into trust how do you segue back into that relationship even into the use of the screen
1: uh it's gonna have it's gonna simply be saying to the child we're giving it back to you and now you have to prove yourself and, um, and we're, you know, we're, we're going to give you a month or to prove yourself. We're going to give you two months, whatever it is that the parents want to say, I'm going to use a month. We're going to be watchful for a month, you know, just know that uh, because you got to prove yourself as trustworthy again. And then once you've proven yourself, then, you know, we will let this go and we will trust you uh, because that is what's natural to the cycle. When someone well, let's say with a child, when a child acts in an untrustworthy way, the parents uh, force the child to confront that and require the child to go back to being pro-social, right? Which is where now the child has to has to become trustworthy again, which is pro-social. That's how the family's gonna work well if the child is, tra- if everyone's trustworthy. And then um, uh, and the child gets to prove that he or she is trustworthy. And then we have to say, okay, You know, you're back and we trust you again. So it's a three set cycle, the bad act, the the punishment or discipline, and then the proving. And then after that, after those three things have occurred, then the parents do need to trust the child. I wanna add in this, that this becomes very difficult if the parents have not acted in a trustworthy way with the child. Hmm. You know, sometimes children act in these untrustworthy ways let's say push these boundaries would be kind of popular way to say it, but they lie, they cheat, they act in untrustworthy ways because they are modeling, you know, what parents are doing and, and you know, the parents are having an affair, let's say that's a very dramatic thing. And the child knows, okay, that's untrustworthy behavior. The child models that. So it is, it is important as parents go through this teaching moment with the child, that the parents are clear with each other, that they're acting in trustworthy ways in the, you know, in the raising of their children. And so this teaching moment is a neat mirror moment for the parents to say, huh, this child that we trusted, whom we love and we know loves us, acted in this untrustworthy way. Huh. Let's assess ourselves a little here and see if there's anything there. And there may be nothing there. This may have just, as I say, be high risk behavior, the child decided to do sneaky, you know, bonding with friends. But if, in fact the parents are not acting in trustworthy ways Uh, obviously if they're abusive to their children or whatever you know those would be dramatic cases of not acting in a trustworthy way but if the parents are constantly saying yeah I'm coming home for dinner and they never come home for dinner right Right, right. or um, I am we're not going to have devices at the dinner table but The parents are looking at their devices at the dinner table, and the kids are not allowed to look at their devices. You know what I mean? Like, those are, I'm just pilling examples out of the hat of where parents could be acting in ways that actually um, are not consistent or not trustworthy, and the child could model that. So this teaching moment could become a parent, a nice parent mirror moment, too.
0: Now, I'm going to guess that in many, many cases, uh, the daughter would push back and say, hey, well, what about my privacy? So sounds like a good opportunity to talk about parents' privacy versus a 10-year-old privacy. And yeah, what, I... are, what are the boundaries for protecting the privacy of a daughter? And I know you don't have a lot of uh, yeah. boundaries on that for screen time, for example, or screens. So talk a little bit about how daughters, a 10-year-old or a child, earns some privacy and what, how much privacy should parents allow their kids.
1: Yeah. Well, a 10-year-old, uh, a, tr- a child has the right to privacy around her. All right, I'll be specific to a 10-year-old girl. Has the right to privacy around her body um, uh, to the extent that she, you know, she dresses herself. People are not watching her. They're not, you know, um, uh, nothing sexual going on. That She has that right to privacy, of course. Um, but, We want to remember that, that at 10, she doesn't even have a complete right to privacy of her body because her parents go to the doctor's visits with her and uh, still at 10 and, and so on. So that's, that's kind of an example for her when we're talking to her to say, you know what, you're 10 and you're in our house and, and no, you don't, you have this right to privacy Like sexual privacy, of course, Um, that kind of body privacy, private parts privacy, yeah. But uh, no, you don't have privacy on your devices. You're 10 years old. I own your devices, Uh, right? I'm the parent. I own your device. You don't own your device. And um, uh, so, so no, don't don't expect privacy on your device at 10 years old. And um, just like. Uh, it's exactly like a parent would not allow, or I hope will not allow their child to be in the bedroom with the door locked. No, at 10 years old, absolutely not. There should be no locks on those doors, um, unless someone is is abusing your child, which in this case they're not. So there should be no locks on a children, child's door. The parents... Are going in and out of that child's room, right? Because this is a ten-year-old, and this is my house, and you know, you don't you don't have the right to privacy um, at ten years old, unless it's something that's um, you know, private parts. I, I think that's the right way to go at it. And then you add privacies as the child is maturing, and the child asks for those, then those get added on, and then the child proves that the child can handle that that privacy, like, you know, you add on the privacy of, all right, now when my friend comes to visit, I'm going to have the door closed. Uh, Used to be when a friend came to visit, the door was going to always be open, but okay, now my friend's going to come to visit. We want to giggle on our own and not be listened to by an adult. I'm now 11. I'm now 12. I'm going to, we're going to add that privacy. And yes, you're allowed that. So we add them on, but we start from the position that kids in earlier childhood um uh, should, should not expect that there are something other than children in our home
0: and and we have talked about this before but how often should parents be checking uh social media and screens of their kids
1: well hopefully a 10-year-old doesn't have a smartphone um if the 10-year-old uh, i'm hoping that but let's say yes she does uh uh the parents should just uh, set a ritual. I mean, I think certainly once a week, but, uh, it's going to depend if their child has been closing the door a lot. And let's say now we're talking about a 14 or 15 year old, you know, closing the door a lot. We don't really know what's going on in there. Then I think the parents, uh, should check the browser history more often. Um, but I think, you know, depending on the child once a week is probably safe.
0: The other issue that came up here was, uh, and this happens quite often, that uh, this little girl, she didn't do this herself. She had a friend who helped her. And when um, our kids get in trouble and there was a friend who was involved, um, our natural instinct is to sort of say, do I need to watch out for this other kid? Um, So in this sort of a a story where we're assuming it happened once, how do parents handle this girl's friend? and, And what should they be saying to her about the development of her friendships? Should they be concerned about this friend? Uh, And if so, what do they do?
1: Yeah, it's a great point you raise. I think if this is an isolated incident with this friend, you know, I I wouldn't worry too much. Um, What we want to look for is a pattern. but Because sometimes what we find is that our, our daughter, our son, our child is only doing these things we don't like with this other person. Right. And that does happen. Yeah. um and i, I remember it vividly from my own kid's child from their childhoods where where one of my daughters was like you know really a great kid and and then she got in with this one person uh this one peer who was going through all sorts of hard times in her own family life and was really acting out loud and and then my daughter started to change she started to act out just like this other kid and we finally uh and there was a pattern and then things happened and then we finally said no you can't you can't be friends with her that's it You know, and here's why you're this child when you're with everyone else, but you're this child when you're with her. And um, and, you know, my daughter complained about that for a week or two. But then she actually was fine with it because she liked not doing these things that got her in trouble, you know. And and so um, I I said, oh, I think that's all about the pattern. If it's a single incident, um, I would just go talk to the other child's parents, especially at this age, 10 years old. I would talk to the other child's parents. So let's have the foursome get together or whatever is the constellation and talk about this and go, huh, what do you think happened here? Um, you know, are you going to ground your child or, or maybe not because maybe your child didn't know this was wrong behavior. Uh, okay, but we're going to ground our child. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to ground our child. And then you kind of talk it out with them. Um, and then maybe not, nothing else happens to happen, but if there's a pattern, then you really have to talk to those other parents and talk to all the kids involved and, um, ultimately let them know that if this pattern doesn't stop, that this friendship is going to stop.
0: Right. Cause it could very well be, and we don't know, but it could very well be that, that this daughter actually instigated the whole thing and said, I, Hey, my friend knows how to get onto Amazon. So I'm going to talk her into doing this. So
1: absolutely,
0: uh, it sometimes it goes both ways and, and, uh, but it's always, you know, as parents, we want to be always vigilant about who our kids' friends are what their backgrounds are. And, and and what you told about your daughter is really telling that, you know, she was one way with you all uh, when this friend wasn't around. And when this friend was around, then she was just a completely different person. And that tells you something isn't quite right in that relationship. Um, so that's really helpful uh, information for us. So uh, in terms of just thinking broadly about boundaries, um, so that something like this, um, doesn't happen again, how could the parents, um, trying to think through how they would even have protected themselves from their daughter sneaking onto their Amazon site? Uh, I'm not even sure you can do that. Can you?
1: Well, I bet they were protected and she found a way in. I, yeah, that would be beyond me. I'm not a tech person. Um, yeah. I just, I just assumed they had from for this email that they actually had protections and, and the daughter was smart enough with the help of a friend to even get around those. Um, uh but the tech side of it I, I don't know I, I would I would say one thing that does come to me that I didn't mention before which is in in this teaching moment that they're going to have or that they've had with this child one thing they can do is actually congratulate the child <laughs> you know <laughs> on on the smartness here on the brightness on the on the acuity um and tech acuity to figure out how to do this And you know it's wrong be grounded but, uh, but you know, I want to call attention to the fact that you're a pretty smart kid, and let's just keep those smarts. But let's keep them away from this bad behavior. You know, stay smart, but don't do it this way, uh, because because this is a child who you know, ten years old is pretty smart to pull yeah. this off. If yeah, given that I'm sure they had protections.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and just the um, the fortitude to keep going and say I I am determined to figure out. <laughs> what my baby brother, sister's going to be. Right. Uh, you're right. It does show some real chutzpah and some smarts on her part. So, uh, well, I, Michael, I think this has been very, very helpful. Uh, and again, what I, I loved about uh, what you said, even at the beginning was, is this a pattern or is this a one-off? And it's a very different deal if it's a pattern. Uh, if it's a one-off, you deal with it uh, and uh, you, you kind of talk about it. If it's a pattern, um, I'm guessing at some point, uh, and you recommend this often, you might need to sit down with a, uh, a professionally trained counselor of some sort to kind of work it through.
1: Yeah. If it's a pattern, you know, we tend to look at, at, it th- could be more, but three major, th- you know, from our point of view as, as like mental health counselors to try to help, we're going to look at it. What is, is there trauma? Y- y- you know, is there trauma somewhere? Heck, it could even be COVID trauma or post COVID trauma or social isolation, or has, has there been trauma that, is triggering you know in this in this girl that if it's a pattern that gets her so that she's lying and cheating and and going behind people's back um is it now number one number two is it um is it anything like what like either of the parents is there a genetic component is there something being passed down and that includes modeling right and or is there modeling that is um that is showing us uh that the daughter is actually reacting it's kind of like reactive attachment the daughter is attached to the parents and is reacting to what the parents are doing by mirroring it um so we would look at that and then the third major area we would look at is is there something else some kind of brain anomaly is the child also self-cutting is the child you know is does the child have a social anxiety disorder does the child have depression in other words is there something else going on in the mental health realm um and and those are kind of the three primary areas. And, and if it's a pattern, then yeah, counselors can try to help us figure that out quickly. It's like getting treatment for, a, for an illness quickly so that this pattern you know, doesn't get locked into the brain. Um, like a month of lying, if that becomes a year of lying, wow, you know that, that's a brain change. And uh, we'd like to hit this as early as possible.
0: As far as I can remember from this question, we never found out what the uh, baby's sex is, did we? We did not. All right. So, Mom, Dad, you need to write us back. (laughs) Once the baby's born, let us know, boy or girl. And uh, with five kids, congratulations. And um, you've got your hands full, and it sounds like a a huge blessing for you to have those five kids. Yes. Michael, thank you so much.
1: Yep, thank you.
0: And thank you, everybody. We'll be back with you next time for another edition of the Wonder of Parenting podcast.